from Quoted Studios. This is Blank on Blank, distributed by the Public Radio Exchange, PRX.org. I'm David Gerlach. If you've ever checked out our Facebook page, you might have seen a photo or a quote from Joni Mitchell pop up in the stream of things that we're uncovering in the archives. There's always such a strong reaction to these Joni Mitchell posts. Something about her still touches people. Anyway, I finally looked back into uh, Joe Smith's archive of audio interviews at the Library of Congress, and there was his conversation with Joni, recorded in 1986. Her Canadian accent still as rich as ever. Joni had this wonderful mix of optimism, fortitude, and a tinge of disappointment as she looked back at her career. Here's the tape. I awoke today and found the frost perched on. People were very protective of me, well, overly so. I mean, I was in the industry for a long time before I had any idea of what drugs people were doing. You know, I mean, I just say, geez, looking awful skinny, why doesn't he have an appetite? Or, you know, I was very, very sheltered when I first entered into it. I, I was young for my age, not as naive as they expected, but, you know, I don't know why I seem to bring that out in people. That's Miss Puss. She's saying hello. Yeah, I like my freedom. I like to do my own grocery shopping. People do recognize it. They are kind of shocked. Some people like it. It makes them feel at ease. You know, it confirms their hopes that you are, in fact, similar to them. You know, some people can't stand it. One time I sat down. We had good tickets on the floor at some rock concert. When we moved in, we got there late, and the fellow sitting next to me said, you can't sit here. I said, why not? I've got tickets. But you're Joni Mitchell. I said, so? He said, well, you shouldn't be sitting there. You should be backstage or you should be up in that box. He was very annoyed. Some people are upset to see you doing ordinary things. Those people, if they were a celebrity, they would have an entourage. You know, if you see yourself as a kingly type, then you need your serfs and your army and so on around you. I like to move around. I travel. I've driven across country by myself. When I felt, you know, people were nosing me out, well, I moved on. I used traveling names, wigs if necessary. I didn't think I had much of a following in the South. I thought I was anonymous down there, so I kept to the South, but I found in certain pockets that I was quite recognizable, and and I just hit a wig store. At that time, I was pretty much a good time Charlie. I was a bad student in the school system. I failed the 12th grade. I had done my book reports from classic comics, you know. I I was anti-intellectual to the nth. Basically, I liked to dance and paint, and that was about it. And as far as serious discussions went, at that time, most of them were overtly pseudo-intellectual and boring, you know, like to see teenagers sitting around solving the problems of the world. I thought, all things considered, I'd rather be dancing. playing in small clubs. I really liked holding the attention of 30 or 40 people. I'd never liked the roar of the big crowd. I didn't like the sound of people gasping at the mere mention of my name. It horrified me. It also, for a lot of reasons, because I knew people were fickle. I I knew that they were buying an illusion. I didn't want there to be such a, a gulf between who I presented and who I was. As Geffen pointed out, he said, you, you know, the only star I ever met that wanted to be ordinary, yeah. you know, I, I never really wanted to be a star. 
I didn't like entering a room with all eyes on me. I, I, I still don't really like the attention of a birthday party. I prefer Christmas, you know, which is everybody's holiday. You know, it's just my nature. I don't like to be that zeroed in on, like on mass. Over the years, I've adjusted to it. Now I'm the other way around. You can give me 400,000 hostile people, and I won't even break sweat. But if you give me 200 adoring people, my mouth will dry up. <laughs> I don't know how to sell out. If I tried to sell out, I don't think I could. By that, I mean to make an attempt to make a commercial record. I just make him, and I think, if I was a kid, I would like this song. You know, so you have to have a certain amount of grabability initially, and then something that wears well, that you'll love for years to come. That's what anything fine is. It's recognized in painting. It's not recognized. I had, I'm just working in a toss-away industry, you know? I'm a fine artist working in a commercial arena, you know? So that's my cross to bear. Rose and flows of angel hair And ice cream castles in the Joni Mitchell, interviewed in 1986. You can hear the full, unedited interview on our website, blankonblank.org. There we've also posted the animated version of this episode. That's from our series with PBS Digital Studios. As always, Amy Drozdowska produced this episode with me. And please do check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Find us at blankonblank. That's all one word. Now, here's a little more Joni before we go. I'm David Gerlach. Thanks for listening, everybody. I have lost my credibility as a hitmaker because of these side excursions into other branches of music. By not being consistent, consistency seems to be all important. Oh, I would do the same thing in a minute. Are you kidding? Oh, I don't. No, but I, I, I have no regret. Have you accepted the fact that you don't sell more? I mean, does that make you angry or... What I'm telling you is, no, it doesn't make me angry. It makes me curious. Why? Do you ever hit periods where nothing comes? I mean, when you're writing, are there, are there dry periods there, or are you prolific enough to keep writing? Musically, I would never run dry. Anytime I sit down to an instrument, I could write a song. You know, I try not to steal from myself but the modalities create similarities, you know. Musically, I don't think I'd ever dry up. I trust my musical invention. Lyrics are hard. <laughs>